0: Live and local, this is Honest Dish with a side of hot sauce, episode 30. 30. Nick's Nick's not here. We have special guest host, regular host, Mark Wilson, the CEO, entrepreneur of New (laughs) Leonard Media Studio here in Traverse City, Michigan. Mark, thanks for coming on the show and helping.
1: The amount of times I sit in this room without a mic and I just want to be part of the conversation so bad. Well, we always like to yell at you and, and in I, the
0: show and try to like get you on, but like I know that's a challenge. To and them. then
1: people get mad when it's from the back. And I'm like, yeah, yeah.
0: What did Mark say? What's that guy in the back? Yeah. Is that Boba Bowie?
1: Tell him to shut up, Bobo. Damn it! You do. That ends here.
0: No Howard Stern references. <laughs> well,
1: no. Just I just realized the the the, the comparison and. Oh, I was amazing. How about a a more? Comparison. Well, That's no, real- I definitely don't want to be compared to Scott the engineer either. You
0: want to be Robin Gibbons? Is she, is, <laughs> Robin, she still on the show? I, I don't, don't know.
1: know. I haven't heard it. Dude, I haven't heard it since Artie left. Okay, so, so the last time, time
0: I never was really into Howard Stern because I was a kid when it was first popular, and my parents were like, "You were not listening to that." <laughs> like it was their car we'd be in. and- Driving to school, and they're like, "Sure as heck, not listen to that." But I remember my friend David and I went to see Private Parts in theaters. Nice in middle school, Ooh. and I just remember being like an eighth-grade boy watching the chick get off on the the subwoofer, <laughs> and I was just like, "What just happened there?" Like we're in the theater, yeah. like my, our moms dropped us off, and now we're like,
1: <laughs> 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 "Yeah, teenage
0: boys." Cool. And I never, I tried to listen to Howard Stern after that, but it just never really did much for me
1: um i thought he was uh every now and then like i mean i listened to him for a while you you would get some really like intelligent things out of him um i got really upset with the show once when um what was the movie christina ricci samuel l jackson uh black snake moan
0: okay i don't think i maybe i did see that and
1: it, it it was you know Um, a movie where, uh, where Wednesday she was, uh, an, an abused girl and, and was a a sex addict and her, her, her love, her boyfriend gets shipped off to war and she's, you know, kind of crazy in town and she gets abused and, and kind of thrown alongside the road left for dead. Okay. And Samuel L. Jackson has, finds her like in front of his house.
0: I think I remember this movie, but
1: he does like some old goofy shit and like change her up so that right. she can like clean up and get off of drugs and sure, whatnot. He's and, Sam Jackson, yeah, and because if he even tried to bring her to town the way she was or It'd whatever, like black dude took this chick yeah, to town, yeah, this so, shit's going down. So he kind of works with her, and uh, Howard, who's got this like career of, um, kind of humanizing. Porn stars and and yeah. other characters, you know. The, he he talks about this movie like it came up. He's like, ah, I tried to watch. I don't know, Christina Ricci. I mean, you get to see her tits, but I don't know, she's like some crazy sex addict or something. And I was just sat there and thought, like, dude, first of all, like for anybody that's seen that movie, that movie is truly about the blues from her perspective, from Samuel L. Jackson's like the, perspective, the music,
0: was, the blues,
1: just yeah, through and through. Okay, the, what the blues really is, mm. and um. And I, and saying what I just said, like, that's what I had said in my head during the time, like, dude, you of all people who have normalized, um, so many that have experienced trauma and, um, have chosen, made certain life choices, uh, Steering either into that skid or whatnot. I don't know. I just thought if anybody could have understood that movie, it would have been it's him. too
0: callous for you to listen to Howard Stern, like not like, just it? just
1: Just brush it off. Like sure. it wasn't as deep as it was, you know? Okay.
0: But, you yeah. I just, I remember morning radio for me as a kid was usually NPR. My parent, my dad would listen to that on, on the way to school. And in all honesty, that's kind of where I'm at now. Like if I'm not letting the kids pick the music or if I'm not listening to classic, like, in the morning, I usually listen to gangster rap or cla- <laughs> like classical music. Wait, wait,
1: are you that dude uh, in Office Space? Like, oh yeah, stuck in traffic. Like, yeah, and then somebody rolls up and he rolls his window up and turns, turns like the Ghetto Boys on. on. Yeah. Damn, it feels good to be. Yeah. And that's not even
0: gangster rap. I mean, that's more hip hop. But <laughs> I I will listen to. It doesn't matter. It can be yeah. you know '90s rap. It can be even some of the newer stuff. Or I'm listening to you know Requiems by Mozart and. You know, Verde and just, you know, uh, or Vivaldi. and it's just uh, classical music. no lyrics because when I'm working, uh, I like no lyrics, which then I can switch into dubstep or other house music. But, ok. So that's my morning. or I'm listening to NPR. And what is funny is on the way, very back,
1: eclectic, very
0: much. So I just uh, don't listen to country music. Okay. the kids do, and I'll let it play. But, I don't know. My wait, wait,
1: do you hate on country though? No, like if somebody plays it, I do just, you like, are you one of those people that gets angry no, at it? No, I don't get angry. Yeah. I just okay. don't
0: really know the words or, or they'll be like, oh, this is a great song. You've got to listen to the words. I was mm. like, the only thing I can glean out of country music is that I can understand the words. Yeah. Because yeah, the, yeah. the, the, the cadence is usually a lot slower. And okay. so you're like, oh, Budweiser, oh, Confederate flag, oh, truck, oh, incest, oh, and I know these are fake <laughs> things, but <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I know I'm slamming country music, but yeah. no, I don't tell everyone like, oh, this is crap. My kids love country music. They're girls. Like wow. Teenage oh, yeah. white girls, come on, they love country music. Uh, I did not know that. Yeah, especially right. we live in a small rural type community.
1: It's, it's something that they, that your daughters in particular happen to relate to.
0: And it's country pop, you know, where it's kind of catchy upbeat
1: well there know. there is that too and like some of it um is it really country you know i've heard it's one person say like like popular country today is basically just 90s rock yeah pretty much you know and it could
0: be nickelback or luke combs it's the same person yeah
1: and it's the exact same songs and you just oh yeah call it what you want and um that kind of slides into uh the topic that I've been hoping to get on this show and talk about, which was, uh, which is gatekeeping, you know, which I just kind of did with country music, like what makes it country. And, um, and the same thing is like, I came up in, uh, uh, hip hop culture in the golden era for hip hop culture, the the nineties and, um, and really, uh, aspired to be a, uh, a, a touring, uh, uh, DJ and MC. And what was your name again? Then.
0: Then, yeah. What was your name then? What was your DJ name?
1: Oh, I've been uh, I've been a number of different names, but okay. uh, it's been Mr. Mark for years. Mr. Mark, I see. Yeah, the Mr. Album Marcus.
0: Here, Mr. Marcus. Yeah, yeah. That's a, what, that's a good uh, one. That
1: you can find on iTunes if you want to check All it out. Right, Mr. ITunes, Marcus. Mr. Marcus. One day less than forever. Um, that's than uh, co-produced better. with. Uh, uh, my friend, former classmate uh, Quentin Gilkey, and if you look up Quentin, he is uh, the chief engineer, uh, mix engineer for uh, Aftermath. Oh wow! So any anything Dre's producing, stuff. He, he's the guy. Yeah, okay. I, I don't think I can afford him anymore. You know,
0: maybe a friend, but, like a friend favor, just eh, yeah, yeah.
1: I don't know for, you know, me and my dad raps. I don't think that's going to get Dad him. raps is going to get him on I the line. I love it.
0: That should be an album.
1: That is an album. It is? I don't know. It, but it should be an album. It you you be. are correct. I think um, that has some legs to it. Well, that, that in terms of gatekeeping once upon a time, like the thought of just rappers over the age of 30 used to yeah. be like a really funny thing. Like, ah, oh, dude, okay. You're like old enough well, now. You, you should just produce or, and move or on. Well, you not killed
0: yet, you know, and you should be, engaged exp- gangster <laughs> well, rap, right? Well the,
1: like, well, the truth is the culture just hadn't grown up enough yet. Like, you know, that right. rap didn't start until the seventies or truly, you know, hip hop being born in the 70s and then like it got bastardized through the 80s where like you know it started ending up on like burger king commercials and it was all like kind of hokey pokey yes. and like um you know i think even wham was rapping at time. Yeah, like
0: <laughs> yeah everyone had a like, it wasn't like hip-hop but it was like a it was a beatbox type rap like buy mm. our fries buy our shakes yeah uh, <laughs> drop you late like open till two like oh open till two <laughs> yeah I get it. Yeah.
1: And and that was corny. But by the 90s, like the underground vibe, the underground sound, and the mentality was actually the mainstream, which is a funny thing to say. So, like, you got like Wu Tang Clan. Forever, motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Sorry. We don't even use the F word.
1: (laughs) Who is, you know, the Wu Tang Clan is an underground. A group and a movement, and uh, because it's and, for the kids, no, I just gotta that... keep throwing shit out. Sorry, <laughs> the things that got said in the mainstream, yeah. but it's just funny because you know that raw sound and that that uh, way of life was what was selling at at the top of the billboards. Well,
0: it was, but I remember. So I grew up in Metro Detroit, mm. and I remember and it was in the '90s, and it in my high school the it was always like are you west coast or east coast right and it's like you're neither we live in <laughs> suburban detroit but yeah. this was when right after Pac got killed and then biggie got killed
1: and detroit was about to take over
0: it, it, well it was right before yeah. that cuz yeah. yes detroit took over with Eminem in 99 98 2000 it was really 99 it felt i think from my recollection yeah but it was funny cuz i remember if people would be like what's your favorite like album or something if if i bust yeah. if i said like I really like only built for Cuban links. And like people are like, yeah. what the hell is that weird shit? And you're just like, all right, fine. Because like, <laughs> they, they're listening Wu-Tang, to Ice Cube. Right? Wu-Tang was still kind of ancillary for a lot of people that they were really into like bad boy, you know, the the puff daddy at, back then when that was his name. And and then yeah. West Coast rap was really just, you know, Tupac. And then there was nothing for a while. Yeah. Or corrupt, you know, you had corrupt and uh, Daz, but...
1: They were very talented.
0: They were, but a lot of their stuff, I think, was underappreciated. But I'm off on a tangent. Well,
1: anyways, like, so for being up here, Traverse City, um, if you're familiar with the demographics of our area
0: 99% white people.
1: And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here right now with pretty much, I'm pretty sure you're my only Jewish friend in Traverse City.
0: Sweet. I think you're my only Native American friend in Traverse City. Well,
1: that shouldn't have to be. Because, you know, this is right here is actually, you know, the ancestral land of uh, the Odawa and Ojibwe of the Grand Traverse region. Um, I just haven't met enough and people. you probably, and you could say the same thing to me, you probably know more natives... Then you then you realize probably that you are friends with, and they just never said, "Oh, yeah, I'm a citizen of the Grand Travers Band or a little little river band member, or yeah, and the same thing is like um this I may have several friends that are uh, Jewish that I don't, you know. don't know, That's yeah. fair, and that's a another kind of gatekeeping thing because I've my whole life um being half uh, Sicilian and looking more like my mother's family. Okay. Get the, um, get looked at like, Oh, well, I mean, well, you don't look Indian. Right. right? And
0: what does like that look like? Yeah. What People it, are always what, like your nose isn't that big, Jeff? And I'm like, yes, but I have bad, si- I, it's so dry in here and my sinus is hurt <laughs> all the time. And they're like, Oh, that's better. It's like, okay, cool. I got your stereotype and, in.
1: And so, you know, much like, uh, uh, you know, Jewish, um, people and, uh, Native American people, there's like several different forms that, that, that make you, uh, an indigenous person. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, well, you're racially, which obviously like you got a, a specific amount of blood quantum. You, a person can just look at you and know like, yeah, that, that dude's got like the, the um the, the, the exterior appearance quali- of, yes, of yes this racial
0: demographic
1: <laughs> or and and or this certain amount of blood quantum that uh, allows you to be an enrolled member of a federally recognized tribe sure and um and then so that's like more of a political relationship mm-hmm. and then there's also the spiritual which is like if you're uh ceremonial With it, which some people, um, have not a drop of native blood in their, uh, um, bloodline, but they, they participate. They're, they're members of our community. They come around. Of course they, they, uh, they powwow, they respect, they don't appropriate, but you see, you see plenty of non-tribal people that are either married into a family or just friends and have been around or. Uh, just take a general interest and, and maybe they, uh, come to the, um, language and culture camps okay. and learn to speak the language. Right. And sure. that's, and that's a specific identity as well. Um, and then there's, uh, those are like the big three to me, like the political affiliation, the racial and, and the, the, um, cultural, religious and the side. cultural, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes some people are all three. Some sometimes people, or one or two, some, yeah, uh, and uh, yeah. Sometimes somebody, I, I have an aunt who blood quantum, full blooded Odawa. Okay. Uh, adopted away at birth, so and culturally, culturally and not politi- well, politically, politic- by de politically, facto, but because she's enrolled. Nothing- yep. Yeah. Okay. And then you have like uh, my sons who don't have enough uh, blood quantum to have that political affiliation. But what that does is Afford them to be, in my opinion, um, authentic with their carrying on tradition. They get
0: to choose it. And that's yes. like my family. So it's funny. So yeah, like I've never, i am always, I'm Jewish, heavy on the ish is what I'll yeah. tell people because I grew up and everybody else on my mom's side of the family. So that's a uh, a maternal religion. So if your mother is, then you are, Yeah. whereas like every other religion in Western culture tends to be paternal. So this is a maternal religion. My mom's Jewish. So I would therefore just be Jewish, even though I was half Jewish. In the, to- in the area I lived, more of my relatives by us were Jewish. So we ended All up right. doing traditions, holidays, but it was never, I didn't go to temple on the regular. I didn't, I wasn't bar mitzvahed um but i wasn't i never went to church i was never confirmed as a catholic my dad was mm. raised catholic but my kids now they're at the point like we've talked a bit it's like do you want to participate in this and what's funny mm. is the rabbi called me out of the blue yesterday to say hey we're here you might be interested i'm like i don't remember saying that but okay sure i'm interested but the timing yeah. isn't perfect but it would be if my children wanted to participate they have to intentionally get into it it's just like mm. as your kids are older they have to make that, a choice
1: that is a that's a that's a big thing too um first you just reminded me of the uh, david cross bit where he talks about trying to be uh, you know he's uh agnostic or uh um just not interested and okay and says like he's like yeah you know it was cool when i was a little kid but then then i started growing up and it was just like i i started noticing that everybody around me like actually really believed this. And and so he said he had a discussion with the rabbi, tried to tried to say that and like, no, this is just something I don't subscribe to. And was told, well, that's a great point that, that you're bringing up, but um was your mother's vagina Jewish? Right. <laughs> <laughs> then you're a Jew, thank you. G- we you. We may need we may need you. <laughs> you later. We made you in the team. And wow. and so for um like if you're a federally recognized tribal member that is a political affiliation, um, not, not partisan or anything, but, but there is a relationship there with your citizenship, du- a dual citizenship that has a trust responsibility from the federal government sure. to provide for you based on what our answers ancestors made agreements on. And if you do want out, which I have cousins who, you know, they just didn't want to deal with with it from that angle anymore and they, uh, renounced their tribal membership. Okay. You know, um, and you know, I don't, I don't know if I ever would do that. You know, I, I think I I'm still in for the cause. I was fortunate enough to be raised with the grand Travers band, which means the tribe didn't have its, uh, federal reaffirmation until 1980. Okay. So before then, um, the treaty rights hadn't been they had been established per the treaty of 1836 and 1855, but they essentially had been terminated and the tribe was treated like we weren't here anymore. You didn't exist. Yep. And, and so some, some of my elders, uh, uh hard working people had brought the tribe back together and then um at that time uh we had an open enrollment because to have a tribe you need people to come home you need to, right. people to 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 opt in and at that time it was more inclusive right and then now today it, it becomes it's not even a greed thing really sometimes i think it is but for the most part, the, the gate is, is Isn't tightly the, kept. The
0: don't let the, you know, the last one in shut the door kind of. Yeah. It's, well, that's a very human and unfortunately a Western, maybe Eastern cultures deal with this too. But in America, it's like, we live in Traverse city, you know, Michigan, Northern Michigan, which is, as people say, it's God's country up here. It's a great place. And you have all of these people that move here and they get here and and they're like okay no one else please don't come you know we love this don't come don't enjoy it and so it's this mentality of you know i've got mine you can't yeah. get yours you can't come in this is you're going to ruin it for us and i don't know if that oh. becomes gatekeepers in that as much as like a selfishness but i think do you in the in your tribal experience are there people that are then preventing newcomers from really wanting to, to partake or wanting to integrate themselves. Well,
1: there's a, there's a few things. And, and one of my elders, uh, give him a shout out. Hank Bailey had once said that he thought it was funny when he was little, it was all about who, um, was the brownest. Okay. And then when he was, got a little older, it was who exercised their treaties the most. Okay. Like, so are you actually out fishing and are you actually out hunting and are you gathering and are you doing the things that, that the treaty preserves for our way of sure. life? And then, I mean, he said, and then it morphed into like who powwows the most. So like, if you're, you know, the out hitting the powwow trail and, and you have your kids dancing and and you sing and, um, and then he was saying this cause he's like, and then in recent years, it just kind of seems like whoever speaks the most language. Okay. Cause you know, it's an at-risk language. Sure. And so it was just funny. He was like rattling off these like four things that at once upon a time gave you status as what made you more Indian than another person, which okay. is, which is not true. I had another elder once say that, that whoever, Whoever's acting, you know, when you find these people who act like they're more Indian than anyone else, typically um, actually uh, live, follow the ways less than. Sure.
0: But I mean, I think a lot of people do that. Like we want people to affirm what we're doing. And so when we, whether it's Indian or Native American culture, and and I guess first tell me what's the preferred nomenclature for you.
1: Well, it's, it's tough. Um, and I'm not I, saying I know for it's everybody funny. else. It's I'm funny as a, you. as a councilman, I've given my business cards to people before, and they've been like, Grant Travers band of Ottawa and Chippewa Indians. That's, isn't that politically incorrect? Or do you <laughs> and,
0: prefer indigenous people? Well,
1: in, indigenous is, is pretty much been the common, you know, once upon a time, Indian just spoke collectively because really tribes, uh, uh, for us outside of the Midwest really don't um i don't want to say don't pertain to us but it's those are other nations right it's 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 like
0: hey i'm talking to these people in brazil those are the brazilians those are the yeah you have your nation here
1: so here there was three different tribes there was uh for what most people have heard ottawa chippewa Potawatomi. there's different ways of pronunciating that um the ways I just said is just known to be as the the way the French were able to say it. Got it. And uh and so those those are actual tribes. Now I, I refer to like maybe like the Grand Travers Band as as a tribe. It, it it is a sovereign tribal nation, has its has its own government and uh and exercises its own self-governance. But the truth is Ottawa is a tribe. Sure. Chippewa is a tribe. Potawatomi is a tribe. Now we all have a common tongue. So we speak the, a common language here okay. in the Great Lakes area. And so that's what kind of makes us akin to one another. But if you get further from here, there's going to be different languages. There's going to be different tribes, Different
0: cultures, but, different practices, different But I think histories. for the purposes
1: of the federal government, it was just easier for them to lump us together, I guess, racially, by saying Indian. Okay. But I don't know how that relates to people from India, and if it's true that like the whole story that we were brought up on—that Columbus thought he was going to get to India by, by sailing that way, the West to and, the West Indies—and and and called everybody down in the Dominican Republic, Panama, and all that down, like, sure. calling them Indians. And then they came back here again. And they came up here and they called everybody Indians. Um, I, I'm not sure, but from what I understand, uh, people from India that migrate to the United States do they call themselves Indian? I believe so. Okay. So I, well, I mean I've had friends that this is my ignorance yeah. here, and I, I apologize to no, anybody they listening. Say, but like
0: friends that I've had, yeah. in like I grew up in you know a melting pot of cultures downstate, uh-huh. and they would say I'm Indian. Um I remember or it'd be like Cal- specifically Chaldeans. Chaldean or... is a is a Catholic Arab from a specific region in Iraq from oh, my wow. recollection. Oh wow. That like really So a Chaldean is not the same as an Indian. So a Chaldean is it's a it's a specific type of Catholic Arab. So you could have had okay. people and a lot of them left Iraq when Saddam Hussein came to power because right. he persecuted people like any dictator any good dictator does, you know. Yeah, and th- so they came th- to America. And that's why in Michigan, you have a lot of Chaldeans because they all immigrated to the Detroit area. Not all, but many did.
1: And that's like, that's like literally the extreme like gatekeeping. Like here's a grand scale. Yeah. Like it's not the little things that like I started, started off talking about with like say hip hop that like, if you weren't into biggie, were you really into hip hop? Or if you
0: weren't a, you know, a young black man that was angry, quote unquote, and I'm using air quotes here. Could you be into hip hop? And and yes, there were. You know, your average white kids, I guess, but it was, it, you would probably have a tough time breaking into the industry yeah. because there's this establishment over here that's preventing the newcomer. Yeah. And I think that the gatekeeper, whether it's in a cultural movement or business and life, it's always somebody preventing you. It, it, and who knows why yeah. right and so the mentality in the tribe what you were describing was and same with moving to a beautiful area it's like hey last one in shut the door you know yeah. don't let anybody else in we can't share it's a, and oh, it's because yeah. there's a scarcity mindset there that prevents yes. people from seeing that hey it, it is abundant right there's an yeah. abundance in this world but treating everything as limited really is contrary to that
1: yeah and that, that that's a hard thing to juggle um when we want uh, especially in the united states of america we want the melting pot and we want to celebrate Do the we? mixture of every well exactly we want and and what uh, what i love about hip-hop is the like what's the word you like normally the compodium cornucopia. oh you say copious a lot copious but <laughs> i think i'm saying the it's compodium Copious. yeah copious. Of, I, it, I like it's word. a mix Like, you know, hip hop's a mix of so many different things that just melt together so many different uh, musical art forms. And also uh, from a cultural standpoint, for those who don't know, uh, the the specific elements of hip hop culture with uh, break dancing, emceeing, DJing, and graffiti art. And each of those separate elements may not even care about hip hop as a cultural identity to begin you know some people just like to paint they're graffiti artists but it, and even if that's the case they don't listen to rap music Right. they, they and they de- they definitely aren't careful to listen to rap music that like want celebrates to just the DJ to Pantera. and yeah and and that's fine that doesn't stop them from being graffiti artists and or that doesn't really stop it from being an element of hip hop culture right and um that's where me in the 90s which is funny because as uh, a a kid with light skin and this is always a, a thing that I always juggled with too is that um those browner than me want to ask me if I think I'm brown and I always have to tell them like well the kids at Silver Lake Elementary School were sure to remind me that, that I was you not were white not like them yeah that I wasn't white when <laughs> when I was in elementary That's so so
0: crazy to me uh, cuz you grew up in an area where even today, there is there is overt racism in our region, yeah. and I remember moving up here from downstate, where I guess you what you had more was cultural racism. So, yeah. you know, you had people from Africa move to you know the Detroit area, where and I will say black people to to make for the example, but I remember one one of my friends said. You know they look at us one way, they being people from like Ethiopia who in- immigrated here first or second generation, yeah. and we're you know, versus like an African American American, you know, p- person yes. who was raised here, th- th- not the same. And they neither group, and, mm. and there was so much hatred between the groups, equally mm. hatred between you would have people in my school that were Muslim, and we had people that were Chaldean Catholics, both from a very similar part of the Middle East, all quote unquote Middle Easterners, yeah. With Equal amounts of hatred, but as like a, a there was a lot of Jews, and so there was a lot of hatred to the Jews too. But yeah. as a kid, you didn't really see it because it was all these are all the people you saw. So well, everyone was pretty diverse. But moving yeah. up here, it was interesting to see. You know, I remember the first time hearing the n word at a, a bonfire. I'm just like, what? Like that's a thing? Like, like you, we, that you say that? Oh, just, like that happens? And mm-hmm. you're not like singing a, <laughs> uh, you're not like singing a rap song with. You know, yeah, pop, you know, with yeah. a, an old rapper, you you just drop that. It's like, holy smokes! So yeah. I can't imagine <laughs> your childhood up here.
1: So for for us as teenagers to to leave Traverse City, um, in uh, Grand Rapids, Calmazoo, Flint, and Detroit, it it was really hard to get respect because those cities are familiar with Traverse City. Right now, once we get out of Michigan, th- like at, at, the further you get from Michigan the more everybody's just from detroit like yeah, they they don't oh michigan like oh, you, detroit big three. you say you're from flint yeah they, but they right. still think you're from Nobody's detroit no it's sort of grand rapids in no. in and, nebraska nobody has no. heard
0: of traverse and la and so
1: that okay. that we found got easier as we got out but um uh, uh pre Eminem, especially uh vanilla ice aside and third base aside you know beastie boys who always get left out um it was it's hard to prove that you have to prove that you truly care about the hip hop culture right to even prove yourself right and, and you've got to be
0: almost an and, encyclopedic expert,
1: yep, and so part of my argument always has been, no matter where you are in the world and what you're going through that uh to me in 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 america hip hop is a, a cultural identity for all of those who have had their cultures stripped from them whether whether voluntarily or involuntarily okay. well especially involuntarily but you know there's plenty of kids here today that their their grandparents and great grandparents migrated here and purposely stripped themselves mm-hmm. of of the cultural identities that they came here with because we're coming to the United States, and, and you got to ass- you, assimilation gonna, will make you're, life easier. Yeah, it'll make life easier, or that's why we're here. That's what we want. Right. Because once upon a time, and I went to the uh, to the um, little Italy, went to Little Italy in New York, and w- stumbled into a little uh, museum and cultural center, and the, the woman was really speaking to about how much just that had changed and that like now like yeah people come down here they take pictures they get some of the food at the restaurants but they don't really sit and pay attention to like what the italians did for that neighborhood and did for new york during this a specific period of time and it reminds me that as much as we today um fight through racial like injustices and and certainly misunderstandings That once upon a time, people fought over what religion you were from. Oh yeah, even if you looked the same, and and what Protestants and Catholics, uh, and Irish need not apply. Yeah, and you know, Catholics and Muslims, no no Waps, no, you know, like it was. So it's almost like America has has this history of it, and it's slowly like morphing. And I don't know. I hope we I hope we all can come together one day, but
0: but people. Okay, so my take on that, and I want to get back to gatekeepers in a minute, but yeah. I want to keep like I think we're we're dialoguing well, but
1: mm.
0: I think that people, humans in general, tribe, let's tribalism, right? So, yeah. and I'm not talking necessarily like a Native American tribe, yeah, but yeah. people are tribalists. We we stick to our own, and so and, and culturally, wars throughout mankind's you know history yeah. have been from people that are different, right? Yeah. And so you had. Even if you're talking ancient Greeks, you had like the Thessalonians and the Cretans or the Athenians and the the Spartans. And so it's like their way of life. They might have looked different, but they had a different yeah. culture of belief. So I'm going to go to war with you right away. Same mm. with like any even warring Native American tribes. Yep. I lo- We look alike, you know, you know the yeah. colloquial we, and yet we shared a different belief system. So I'm going to have to fucking kill you now. and, yeah. and it, Or it's like or- we could try to make peace, but you know it, we're so far away from that but i think people in general we discount the human history that we hate each other yeah you know we have spread hatred since the dawn of time to the people that aren't like us and even biblically speaking all the wars old testament are you know the jews versus this different group of people yeah. these people don't like the jews over here these people don't like each other and it's just tribalism and to not even uh, uh, be able to appreciate that or acknowledge that i think strips away so much of the real underlying thing it's like that's who humans are now does that mean we can't do better because we're we are conscientious beings yeah. sure we can but for us to ignore that it just it, it cracks me up with the whole you know and i don't mean to to denigrate the the progress we're tr- you know people in this country are trying to make but we completely don't acknowledge the fact that human history, not just American history. Yeah,
1: that's that's what we get right. We try. Oh, America's
0: on. racist. America's racist. Well, really, because in France they don't let anybody else in, or in mm. all these countries, oh, they don't have a problem with racism in Denmark. Really, because the only people there are Danes. The mm. only people in Norway are Norwegian, and the and, people they do let in, typically, there's not a. It's not integrated. They live yeah. in a separate kind of it's separate. It's like your little Italy. It's your, your little enclaves of just a specific, uh, cultural or ethnic or religious group.
1: When I've been fortunate enough to, to travel a little bit and get around and, and oh, here around. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, 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 Sorry. I, uh, yeah. I grew up in grown. Uh, I got problems. You have a but... Traverse city address now. That's a shout out <laughs> to one of cool. my friends. No, nah, um, but no, I've you know when I was in uh, South Korea, that was, uh, and you explain. I was explaining to my friend's wife what uh, the 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 indigenous perspective here, and and certain things like you know, for instance, I'm first generation raised in the home, so everybody before me, all my fathers before me, and everybody uh, indigenous in, in my father's bloodline before us had been removed from the home. Uh, what do you mean you know,
0: raised on a reservation?
1: Or no, it no. Home, like uh, federal legislation said that to uh, essentially kill the Indian and save the man. So the kids were taken, the kids were taken away to, to Catholic boarding schools Got it. Oh. in order to assimilate the tri- Got it. tribes so it was into like the can't United States. We respect
0: cultural heritage because the U.S. government's essentially yeah. afraid of you guys, you know, uh, other people.
1: And, and in some ways it was like, to teach all the kids English because it's too hard for everybody to learn all the the 500 different dialects that were already here. Sure. And so I explained that, that that's a lot of how we lost the language is it was literally beat out of us. Okay. And, um,
0: I'm sorry. I never, like I've heard, I I did not know the gravity and depth.
1: Well, she had said, she said, yeah, here, that's what the Japanese tried to do to us. Right. Well, that was like Japanese
0: imperialism, the Chinese and Japanese. And,
1: and the, Fighting each other for yep. centuries. I, I had the uh, I had some Chinese exchange students here okay. once upon a time, and w- um, one of them was listening to a song, and I was like vibing off of it. I don't know what they're saying, and it was uh, it was like a hip hop track, and I was like, dude, this is it's a sick beat. Like, wh- what's the song about? What's he talking about? And he and he was saying the song was about protecting the local language, because okay. even still today, there's yeah. oh, there's yes. areas of China that they would rather you know that that area conform to the dominant Chinese dialect and they have, you know, there's an effort to protect these different languages. And, um, and to me here in America, always, you know, I get stuck on our racial and cultural differences here and it's not uh, any different uh, anywhere uh, else. Yes. Yes.
0: And I think we like in America, think you know we like the news, the op eds are always like America has a problem with racism. yeah, I'm sorry, the Chinese have a a really tough problem with the hamong people, yeah. and you know, there's you have ethnic cleansing all across the country, which I'm not saying makes racism or you know ethnocentrism any better or worse in America. I just think that people need to acknowledge it's a human like we as humans. Don't have a. We have a, some high level of distrust and dislike for people that aren't in our quote unquote tribe. Yeah, and we have to be willing to acknowledge that piece first. It's like, you know what? Yeah, we we suck at integration. And maybe I don't need to be an integrator. Maybe I just need to be a peacemaker. Yeah, and that's all it is. It's like I want to respect your culture, your culture, your culture. I don't need to appropriate it, but I also don't need to integrate myself with it. I can just pass you on the proverbial street and say, hey. Peace to you. You know, that's it. Like, and yeah. leave me alone, leave you alone. And I think mean, I'm not going to, you don't.
1: Just, you know, when we were kids. Stay in your lane, fucking people. <laughs> when, sorry. when we were little kids, it was always turn off the tube, turn off right. the TV. Like, it, it's poisoning you. And today. It's the interwebs. Like, you've said in recent episodes, you got rid of your Facebook app or you I shut have. your thing down because shit in, shit out. You, if you keep putting that poison in.
0: There's nothing. There, so. I was rereading a book that I read years ago, Eight Weeks Top Timum Health, by Dr. Andrew Wheel. Oh, yeah. And I've always loved that guy. I hope that someday my beard is that (laughs) sexy. And if you're listening to this, Google Andrew Wheel. But one of his things in the Eight Weeks Top Timum Health is take days off of the news. And so Mm. I try to do that. And it's tough to be a business person and not like read the news because the economy, banking, all that stuff kind of blends together. But, yeah, taking a break from like political news, yeah, because it's like I, I I'm powerless to some extent, so why get angry? yeah,
1: or just any any of it, uh-huh. so the other day, what was it my I said to my wife, I was like, I was like, oh, you didn't hear Bill Gates made it snow in Texas. Now, I don't want to start any fights with anybody that's on that theory, <laughs> but yeah, but I saw you know, I scrolled past the news. Article that had said people are people are showing videos of them trying to melt the snow with fire, and the snow is turning black. It's just charring. It's not sure. It's not just turning to water and disappearing. <laughs> I'm it, there's probably a different scientific reason for that. Like I if mean, you're a
0: scientist. Google like message well, us. Tell well, us. Well,
1: I know that um, you know the 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 Grand Tire Fire. Uh, all the snow turned black during that fire. The
0: Grand but, Tire Fire. Yeah, there's uh, a story there. I'll <laughs> cover that, a different yeah, episode. yeah,
1: put put that in the in the YouTubes. That was a tire retreading, <laughs> company that I caught on fire and burnt is, for a month. Is we're uh, down like oh oh wait 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 no my point was is that this article was there sure. and I brought it up to my wife. She had no idea what I was talking about, and I and I, I just like it clicked that. There's so many of those articles, she doesn't even know it, like, what? What? Right. And because she doesn't spend that much time on social media, she's one of the most peaceful, peaceful. people I know. Mm-hmm. And and I started thinking about it. I was like, Good, you don't need to know about that. You shouldn't know. Like, why would you what know about that? What
0: purpose is this adding to my life or what yeah. what value does it add? And I get the idea of being informed, but we're so
1: incensed.
0: Oh we're not informed over informed over and it's not even informed because
1: what is being pushed into our head is not information it's just Uh. it's shit well that's now we're talking informational gatekeeping oh god and it's it's
0: opposite almost and now now
1: we don't know what to believe because you know especially coming through the past year and you guys did an episode about covid and like
0: oh man i love someone's fake conspiracy lick nick i love you you're not here But the conspiracy stuff on the COVID and the like, the New World Order type stuff. It's like
1: I still don't know what to believe, and 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 a lot of times, often it's plausible. Well, there's that. So I have friends that are like really emotional about it. Yeah, and it's like, dude, what do you want me to do? Well, or it's like, let's say,
0: for example, what? Let's split it in half. On one end, we have this giant global conspiracy to control us. Yeah. On the other hand, it's this pandemic that's you know kills people that are somewhat vulnerable so well, what if one of them what if the conspiracy stuff is true what does that mean should i then fight that global current of power that it's just me yeah and, and my friends and, and, and
1: or we should have been fighting forever we, right and I the mean, fight's this been goes happening back to
0: fighting like fiat currency and central banking and The fact that, you know, we don't have a real justice system or, you know, any of the things that we should be incensed about, we find it so much easier. So, yeah, you have these gatekeepers, but I feel like instead of preventing information, they're just pushing, pushing, pushing.
1: Because instead of, I think, from the preventing, it's like then it just hides in plain sight. Yeah. And anybody that says that they weed through it all... And they, as one of my friends said, I've done is, a lot of research. Is out there deciphering codes, which sounds very schizophrenic, right? Like, yes, it does. Like I'm I'm just, like this these news articles what was all that mean something. Movie... A beautiful mind about John no, Nash. No, that oh, well, okay. that's
0: John Nash, but that he he came up with game theory, which is a legitimate economics. Co- like, you know yeah. theory if 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 then if i do this you do this what's the result but there was the was it a mel gibson one conspiracy theory oh yeah i never watched it that? but i know what
1: you're talking and about and he had
0: all the uh catcher in the rye books like holden caulfield and it, gene yeah. hackman was in it i think yeah. i don't remember if it was it, mel well, it was
1: called it, it is mel gibson is conspiracy theory oh, and, I, and, and I never got schizophrenic i never got past the beginning
0: but that's okay i watched it years ago and i just remember it i'm gonna like, watch it
1: tonight i don't know what we'll, i'm gonna watch we'll
0: regroup um when so when you messaged earlier this week and talked about gatekeepers, what I was thinking, and I think it's all part of it is like the people that control the flow of information or access. Yeah. And in my, my life experience, gatekeepers have been in the business world mainly.
1: Yeah. So it's
0: always like, I've been in sales many times. It's like, I'm trying to get to the decision maker, the person at the top. Yeah. And you're always and So from a, you know, if, if I were to, provide value to our listeners in a tangible business sense which I don't know if I necessarily want to because we've had a really good conversation but no. I think I always looked at that it's like okay how do I fluff these people how do I you know understand them because I don't want to talk to you I want to talk to you you know the person you're preventing me from yeah. but I don't even get to them except through you and so <laughs> and some of it is there is like a a portion that may never happen they might just be like no I, the door is always going to be shut on you, young man. And it's like, all right, mm-hmm. fine. And then there's others that, you know, you you get that little nugget out of them. Like, oh, what do you, you know, like, okay. And they keep hearing your voice and they're like, you again, you again. And you just, you yeah. wear them down or you show up and you, it, it's like a strategic, if I'm General Patton, I'm going to come at you from the front. I'm going to flank you over here. I'm going to like, you know, come try to come around the other way. And yeah, but these people, whether it's in a business setting a cultural setting, a political setting, you know, are they necessary and, and are are they important? And maybe they are, because if I'm a decision maker or someone that's truly making uh, you know major ch- choices, I probably don't want people, you know, and, and I don't want to be bombarded all yeah. the time. So, you know, the Steve Jobses are very linearly focused people like doing all this. The Elon Musks are racing down a path you know yeah. and people that are are doing things you know we love our gatekeepers because we want to get the, get out of my way
1: yeah and it makes it easier to uh <laughs> to actually get to the meat of some of these things you know like what needs business that actually needs to be done
0: right and so they don't yeah. have to deal with the fluff. That's what the gatekeeper's for. But in a in a cultural setting, which is way different than it was funny because like we started the conversation with really a cultural gatekeeping thing. And I would mm. imagine from your life experience, hip-hop as a half Native American, half native, and I don't know if you're half whatever, yeah. but a yeah. Native American Sicilian you know, quasi Caucasian kid from Traverse, the mean streets of Grand, <laughs> which people are like, what is that? You know, yep. in Traverse city, Michigan. It's probably hard to get into the culture that you were, you liked and actually had a valid reason to be a part of. So, yep. but the gatekeepers, it's like, hey, you know, you don't look the part. You don't, you you know, you yeah. might be the part, but it's, um, you, you remember little Dickie? Yeah. Remember the song where he goes, or the rap, he goes to meet Snoop and he's like. Yeah, he's applying for the job. But you know what's hilarious about that? That is a complete gatekeeping scenario in a sense that not only is the lady up front kind of there, like she's not really a gatekeeper, but you got to think, like, Snoop. In that song is kind of the gatekeeper for for him for to get into him, the biz. For to him get to prove like
1: why does the... why
0: you why you and it's yeah. just like I always thought that song was great.
1: And he's yeah, I, well like, I, I I produced a demo with my bar mitzvah money. My bar mitzvah money, yeah. He's like you know it's just <laughs> like this, what? For this
0: like the kids that just it's like you want coffee tea head did she say head <laughs> I was like yeah, yeah I'll have
1: a I'll have a tea.
0: Yeah, it's like what is (laughs) Like I'll have some head
1: I knew you would you dirty mother take take the head every time yeah Yeah. that's the world of wisdom I I, I think
0: about that as a gatekeeper so it's like culturally hard to necessarily break through that and be accepted and I mean I experienced that when moving to this area the gatekeeper you know I wanted to do business I was selling money and I got to get in front of people and they're like well you know my person is like the kid I grew up with and and frankly now 10 years into living here it's you know the amount of effort and energy has paid off because not only do i know what i'm doing i deliver it in a very deliberate manner so yeah i made it through it but yeah at the same point it's like you come to a new area and there's whether it's gatekeepers preventing you from you know joining you know getting involved um
1: well there is like so for me in my lifetime i'm uh, I'm an open book. And so I, and sometimes I'm too much information as well, but, um, uh, I'm a high school dropout. Are and, you? Yep. I'm a high school dropout. But and you have a
0: college degree.
1: I, I do. And that's, that's what I'm getting at is that at, as a high school dropout who sold drugs for many years before, um, eventually being, um, arrested and convicted as a felon, um, there was one area of that that makes that, you that like, I you that the I dealt with the, the, well there I, I walk through different gates uh sure. literally and metaphorically and then to make the decision to go in a different direction I've I've added more gates to have to cross through and add it you know, like you said, college college educations and uh um, you know, various degrees and then other types of things to raise myself to um, to, to be a strong leader in my, in my respective community. And, uh, and so now I have to navigate something completely new than what I understood 20 years ago. Right. So what I used to navigate then could care less about what you were just mentioning with the business community here. And, uh, the 40 year old Mark Wilson has to, had to learn how to navigate that now and get past the specific gatekeepers in our community at a different tier, or as you hate, and when Nick says leveling up.
0: We're canceling the show. (laughs) We're going to level up. So, you know, what's funny is, so I I dealt with, so I'm going to give a little anecdotal gatekeeping story today. So today, so I coach middle school girls basketball at at West Middle School right now. Right. Didn't want to, but my daughter's. It, it became like we don't have a coach. Yeah, you've done it I know enough that years. Goes. Yeah, we know you know how to do it, and you said I'm your plan Z. Like you know, if no one else <laughs> does it, Jeff will step in. So we have a kid that joined the team. This would be week three, I believe. So I don't know mom's, you know, family situation. I know yeah. it. You know, from the outside, it's like, well, it, it probably is. You know, this is a last minute thing that there's a lot of accommodation made. But I, you know, I talked to my team that, Hey, we're going to greet this person. So, you know, my team, like they could make her feel accepted or not new kid. Right. We've already played a couple games. We've had a lot of practices. And so any situation where you're the new kid, all these kids could potentially be the gatekeeper. Right. Yes. From like each of them yeah. has that opportunity to either be the peacemaker or, And like the, you know, the bridge builder, or they could be the gatekeeper and they could say, you know what, I'm my attitude and my actions towards you is going to prevent you from being on this team. And so as a coach, you can only do so much, but you want to encourage your kids to like, we got to bring them into the fold. We got to bring them into the fold. Yeah. And whether or not this, you know, it's like, do they need to be the best player? No, but it's like, you know what, they're here now. And so it's like, I, I try to take that attitude because I've experienced being the outsider coming in. Yeah. so I've seen other people be the outsider and it's like, wrap them up, bring them on in big hugs.
1: I I truly appreciate that, um, that sentiment, you know?
0: Right. It's like, I've been the new person. I've never been the new kid at the school, never had that experience. But my oldest daughter, her first grade, she went to one, two, three, four schools that year, I believe. And then for third grade, she went to another new school. So it's like that kid has been the new kid. And, and I'm not saying, and, and so she's navigated that at times of her life. And it's like being the new person, you always have these And the gatekeeper is more of a cultural or a, you know, it's not like a business transactional gatekeeper. It's somebody that's preventing you from integrating into that community. And I think in those senses, gatekeepers are negative where yeah. it's like, maybe in the business world, gatekeepers are necessary. So like the the doers can be the doers and like those gatekeepers will let in hopefully the right people not just the every person so um the other gatekeeper thought i was thinking was joe rogan's got to have a gatekeeper <laughs> and as we always have every episode we have called out joe rogan to say nick who's not here currently is planning he's training he's not just planning But he's training to fight Mr. Rogan on episode 100, which is 70 episodes away. So this is my call to action. Like, if you know Joe Rogan's gatekeeper, whether it's agent, press agent, you know, social media guru, we need to meet this person. So let us in with the gatekeeper. And then, Joe, we're coming for you, bro. I had to throw that out there.
1: (laughs) No, I'm glad you did. And actually, you know, in Nick's absence, I really wanted to do a video podcast for this episode, and I said that I was going to come in here. Uh, for those that know, uh, Nick, he in the summertime drives this like monster truck. He's got a truck that's bigger than my house and, (laughs) and I'm sure it scares people in small cars and I was going to come in here, uh, driving a power wheels (laughs) with, with a muscle shirt and, and my arms tatted up. And you know, like a sweet fade into a two Put some, ye-
0: some Yeezys on, mm-hmm. and-,
1: and I was just gonna, I was just gonna come in and be Mini Nick for a whole episode. That'd be funny. I love dress up.
0: We need to do <laughs> some dress up. Um, I think we covered a lot. I think gatekeeping. My takeaways are there is a necessary function. I, I really want to think more about is the nece- the cultural and community gatekeepers. Do they serve a, a, some necessary positive purpose or is it all based in selfishness and in a scarcity mindset? And then the business side of it, it's like, I, I do understand the why.
1: Yeah. But, but I mean. So, so there, there is a, a positive aspect to it in order to keep the quality up. I mean, like you, you, uh, compared it to the, the basketball team. Yeah. And, and bringing a new team member on and, and being inclusive, but also there comes a point in time where you have to try out for the basketball team. There is. And yes. you have to, you have to prove that you've earned it, that you're not just the kid who, and and my kids and myself included had been this person. Basketball season comes around I'm like, yeah, I want to, I want to join a team and I want to play basketball. Right. Cause it's fun and it's cool to be part of a team and do this for yeah. six weeks or whatever. But there comes a point in time that if we want to elevate and start weeding out those that aren't as serious about the game and, and, and start looking at the kids who are training year round. Right. And being specific for that discipline. And so in that, um, area, like, especially for us, for business here, for specific things like, yeah, you, you should have to pay your dues and prove it. I've had this studio for, um, over 20 years. And I've had Dang. my I've had my fair share of uh, fly by night rappers that just they've been they've been rapping six months, and I used to I used to hate them when I was when I was a teenager I would actually punch them, which makes me a terrible gatekeeper. But ah. um, <laughs> but like at, where I am today, I'm I'm happy to see the culture survive, and I also know that by just like smacking the mic out of some kid's hand that doesn't know what he's talking about and and has no flow yet and just you know that's you're never gonna reach anybody with that. So you're
0: you're trying to bring you you're a gatekeeper in a sense, but you're more like, hey, come to the gate, let me help you walk in. Yes. Because a gatekeeper
1: can be a facilitator. Yep. And and the same with uh with with now uh, branching into a podcasting studio the there's there's plenty of people that want to come in and have shows. Oh yeah. But but you know, like I, I you know there there's only so many rants that can come out of this room. And so I have to be a little bit more choosy with who I'm producing. That's fair and um and how. Um, but Thanks for choosing us. I, I think <laughs> no, every
0: time I hear that, you do did you ever watch The Simpsons back in the day? Yeah. There was a, a Valentine's episode, Ralph gives Lisa a card. I choo choo choose you. I just always <laughs> that is stuck in my head for my like entire life.
1: Well, and and you guys with a train y- on it. You you know, honest ish. Uh, I love the show and um and I know that very often some of the views actually will conflict my own. But I understand that that's how dialogues are supposed to work. Mm-hmm. And that if I was just like, oh, no, I didn't agree with that episode, change the channel, get them out of here, I never want to see them again, isn't going to uh, bring us forward as a society or a community here.
0: No, it won't. But I think that's part of being a good gatekeeper in a sense. Because yeah. you can be a good one, you can be a negative one. And I think we. my takeaway is that the gatekeeping – you know, action slash philosophy is 100 percent necessary, but if you find yourself as said gatekeeper, whether it's community or business, be a good steward, right? So there you go, be a good steward of that community or business. You still want to let people in. It's not yeah. about shutting the door completely, and it's maybe even as much as like, hey, you can't come in now, but here's how. Yeah, you know, learn that flow. Learn like learn the what you're rapping about, or or learn the community you want to join. Appreciate you know, the, the, what it is versus just trying to appropriate or, or, you know, jump in. So, yeah. And,
1: and for those listening to, to recognize, um, what gates aren't even, uh, worth walking through, man, passing through, you know, so, so many people can get hung up on, um, somebody's criticism or, or their opinion, and then they focus on that and they chase that and it's just like that's not even an avenue worth going down if you if you just look to the right (laughs) you'll see that there's a clearer path with similar
0: to the uh, the adage you know when one door closes another one opens or three doors open but sometimes the closed door is going to present the actual path you want the closed gate puts you on a different path that you might have should have been on so you know as we get all philosophical here, oh man, an hour in, we're an hour in. So I think uh, we should can, wrap it up. Um, yeah. yeah. We we shouted out to Nick. We gave a shout out to Joe Rogan. Uh, Mark Wilson yeah. is here as our special co-host, guest, MC, DJ. Hey, were you hey. DJ, Mister Mike,
1: Mister Ma- Mark? Not just Mister Marcus. Mister Marcus, know, you know,
0: we're in his his newly renovated studio in Traverse City, Michigan. What are we 80% there in your opinion?
1: Yeah, yeah, I got some okay. I got some trim work I'm going to do. Got it's going to be real work. pretty. We'll get some new new pictures up, new gonna website get some coming. We're babes in here. Yeah, babes. Doubtful. Uh
0: Do we have babes?
1: Newleonard.com. Newleonard.com,
0: honest ish, I don't know the Instagram because in all honesty, I don't have Instagram anymore.
1: <laughs> but hey, Nick is a social media
0: He's a maven.
1: Yeah, he's social media he's got maven. it down pat.
0: He's the guy. So find us email us subscribe and save buy our merch check us out send us a message tell us what you want us to talk about tell us if you want to talk about a story maybe you're a gatekeeper and you've got a a very strong opinion and we'd love to have a chat we'd love to have a follow-up chat on any of this so uh come find us we're in traverse city honest dish side of hot sauce seacrest out
1: see ya